Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of Liberty. I'm your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I'm thrilled to have you here this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in if this is your first time listening. Um, thank you for being a part of the audience. And if this is a returning time for you, welcome back. Um, you make this show possible. So for the past, oh, I don't know, month or so, we have had a very, very busy um, program here on the show. Uh, because, and uh, really more than that, because if you recall back in, um, oh, I don't know, I think it was the first week of October, we had our interview with Alexander McCobin, and then for the uh, for the following three weeks, we had our October series that we will be doing annually from now on, on the horrors of collectivism. And then after we got past Halloween, we had our big interview last week with uh, Dave Rubin of The Rubin Report, which if you haven't listened to that one, if there's one episode that I, I, I really ask you to go listen to, share with your friends, it would be that one, because that was a, a blast, and we were, we were thrilled whenever we were able to get him on. And um, and I, I highly encourage you go back and check it out and then share it with with uh, with your circles. But because we've had all of those things happen where we've had, you know, interviews and and uh, and uh, the very specific niche topic series, we haven't really had a, a lot of time to dive into some of the issues that have been happening around the world. Uh, and in the news cycle, that really deserves uh, some of our attention, or at least some of the substance. I, I don't want to weigh too much time necessarily on the actual news of it. I want to get to a little bit deeper than that. I want to get to some of the connectivity and connect a few uh, separate news events that seem separate, but they all um, fall under a common theme that we will be covering on this episode. And that theme is something that we haven't really touched too much on. This this whole show has been focused around, it's been very centered around the ideas of liberty. Um, it's It's been very centered around, you know, we've had shows on, on natural rights, we've had shows on economics, we've had shows on, on you, know, you name it, economics, Constitution, founding fathers, you know, history, um, and all these different things. But one subject that I don't think that we've really touched on enough is where justice falls in the spectrum of liberty. Is is it okay, or is how should how should libertarians think uh, specifically when trying to pursue justice? Because a lot of people especially when you're talking to conservatives, if something happens, a lot of the more law and order type of conservatives will say that you can't have liberty without justice. And if, if the good or if the, uh, if the bad guys are just walking around and nothing happens to them, then, then what kind of liberty is that? Then you're, then you're living in some sort of mob, mob rule, mob mentality where the rule of law is just thrown out the window. And if you can't have the rule of law, then what exactly is there that you can even stand on? And that is to an extent, I, I give some of that credit. 
But we have had uh, similar shows um, on this subject, but not a, uh, a show completely devoted to this subject where where I have given some of my thoughts um, on this before. But I really want to dive into this on on this episode because I we haven't really done a whole lot on this. There have been so many cases from. Uh, from Harvey Weinstein, we haven't touched on that whatsoever yet, uh, and and sexual assault and and things like that. And then there uh, has, of course, been the the attack in in New York City, the uh, the truck attack in New York City. Um, and also there have been uh, recent events that we'll be doing a show next week on some of the uh, with some of the shootings. We haven't had a gun episode yet. And that is coming next week because we're going to be breaking down the the myths and the re- and the, uh, <laughs> the realities, and maybe sometimes some certain news reporters should maybe not play certain video games before making a news report about about <laughs> about guns. But that's all I'll say about that for this week. Um, this week I want to touch on where liberty falls into the line of justice. And what I mean by that is how are libertarians supposed to take information and and where are they supposed to fall in the line between guilt and innocence? Is it more important to lock somebody up who is done wrong or is it more important to let somebody go free who is actually innocent but accused of something wrong? Is it more important to go after the guy, to get them off the streets, to um, make society a safer place? Well, first of all, I think uh, the, the, the simple answer is, is that we should always err on the side of innocence. And I'll get to that a little bit more um, specifically as we go further into this episode. But um, I think there is a real, real danger whenever we rush to try to seek judgment because a lot of times we're not really trying to seek justice a lot of times especially in today's day and age now i love social media i'm one i'm actually one of the guys who actually enjoy it and think it's a a net positive but one of the very negative things about it is that we are so quick to rush to judgment we are so quick to let our emotions run wild whenever we see something just horrible happen and we completely ignore our rational side of the brain. And part of this is just because we have this instinct there that we want to be angry. And instead of just kind of letting that phase out, social media kind of encourage it, encourages it to, to some extent to where it's like, go ahead, go ahead. Let those feelings out because there are plenty of other people here who feel the same way and they'll validate you and they'll take you a step further than what you may initially go to. The problem with that, of course, is that um, America is supposed to be a society where we err on the side of innocence, where we are innocent until proven guilty. Now, there are a lot of things that we can tie into this. The first of which I want to tie into this, and this is going to be a very touchy and uh, sensitive subject. So I'm going to try to approach this at the in the best possible way that I can uh, and try to explain it um, 
in in the most rational and and well thought out way that I can. It may still not come out the right way, but I'm going to try to. Um, and that is with, of course, there is the the Harvey Weinstein scandal. There is, of course, what happened with uh, with with Kevin Spacey and everything that's going on in in Hollywood right now. Hollywood is is absolutely tanking. Um, and some people are praising this. They're saying it's about time that they got a taste of their own medicine. It's about time they got kicked off their high horse. But this is just the the worst way that it could possibly happen, I think, because there there are actual victims of this. But what I think is really dangerous about this is that for so long the 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 cultural pendulum this is sort of the rubber band effect um if you recall back i think in january we did an episode of of how the political pendulum has swung the other way to the republicans now they love big government where the they used to to hate it well the same aspect can be thought of uh culturally when we're talking about um sexual harassment and sexual assault because uh, for so long, so many people in any and in every industry has said, oh, you just need to, to any woman who would ever speak out against something, oh, you just need to keep quiet or, oh, you, you know, that's just, that's just guys being guys. And it's not. It's actual sexual assault or it's actual sexual harassment. But now I believe there's, there's a certain fear that I have that... It has held there for so long. The tensions have been there for so long that now that it's starting to swing back on the other side, we're going to get the exact inverse where everyone is believed, even if something like that doesn't actually happen. Now, a lot of people will say that that people would never, no matter if it's male or female, people don't make up um uh, stories of sexual assault or sexual harassment. And that's not necessarily true. We have to understand that there are very valid reasons why somebody might want to topple somebody who is in power. Now, with Harvey Weinstein, that is painstakingly obvious to me that every that pretty much everything there um, that has been coming forward, that has been coming out about his allegations is mostly if not entirely true and that man should be certainly investigated and he should still get some form of a trial and we shouldn't um we shouldn't try to prejudge in in, in the sense of his punishment but certainly if we want to use our our pocketbooks to to lay out punishment on him on that way Absolutely. The same thing with, with Kevin Spacey. Absolutely. But what I am against is the notion that you have the right or you deserve to be, to be believed. That's not necessarily the case. That's not what we should be striving toward. What you do deserve to be is you deserve to be taken seriously. That is the mistake that we have been making for so long when it comes to sexual assault and sexual harassment for women in the workplace is that people just weren't taking them seriously, let alone believing them. You absolutely should be taken seriously. But so should 
somebody else making some other claim. Now, if it's obvious, that's going to be obvious. If it's not so obvious about where the truth actually is, we shouldn't give somebody a default position. We shouldn't say this person is absolutely right and this person is absolutely wrong because that is the way that society has shifted. That's a very dangerous place to get in because then you get to a point where you are guilty until you can be proven innocent. And that is very hindrance, uh, 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 hindrance to liberty. Because if somebody is accused of something that didn't actually happen, and this is not just limited to, to sexual assault or sexual harassment, if somebody is accused of something that did not actually happen, but we want to err on the side of the victim and not on the side of innocence, then you are, you are actually, then at very minimum, you are putting their job and their work and their career in danger, in jeopardy. At worst case scenario, you could be sending an innocent man or woman to jail. And does that make anything better? Does that make anything better if instead of one victim you have two? Or if instead of three victims you have four? If you just add another uh, tragic case of, of victimhood to the whole scenario? No, of course not. I want to read some very uh, staggering statistics for you, if you will, um, from the National Registry of Exonerations. Uh, now, these are the statistics that I'm about to read to you are of people who have been exonerated, meaning they have uh, been imprisoned wrongly, and they have been later found innocent. These are incredible, incredible statistics. From 1989 to 2015, over 1,600 people were exonerated, many of them for, for capital crimes or sexual assault crimes. Uh that they simply did not commit. Now, these are people who were later found innocent, not necessarily um, everyone who is innocent of a crime who were put in jail, but the people who were actually found innocent and then later freed. The stats of those, it, the stats for that gets even worse because for those on death row, and this is why... Um, Groups and organizations like uh, conservatives, uh, I, I believe the, uh, the organization is called uh, Conservatives Against the Death Penalty. Um, that is why their organization exists because and why so many people of, of all political angles are so against the death penalty because of statistics like these. The stats of people dying on death row who are innocent are much worse. Roughly 1 in 25 on death row are innocent. That is 4.1%. Now, that doesn't seem staggeringly high, even though I would argue that just one person innocent on death row is too high. The exoneration rate, this is what makes it even, even, even worse, is the exoneration rate, those eventually freed, who are on death row, who, who eventually become free, that rate is only 1.6% meaning more than double the amount of people are wrongly killed than they are exonerated. And it's not found out until after, until later, after their death, that they just killed, that the state killed 
innocent people. Now, I think this is a very compelling case against the death penalty, and this and the death penalty is something that I have somewhat struggled with as as an issue because I do believe people of very heinous, very uh, capital crimes. Um, I I do believe that there there is no place for them in in society. But the more I look at statistics like these, and the more I I think about the role that uh, for things like the Eighth Amendment on on torture and and what exactly that entails, uh, the more I am becoming increasingly against it. Because unless there is a 100% without question of the doubt uh, proof of evidence that somebody is absolutely guilty, I don't think that the state should be killing people who could potentially be innocent. And that is very hard. Even in today's day and age, that is very, very difficult to prove. Which brings me to my next point. Why on earth should libertarians always err on the side of innocence? And then after after this point, I, I, I want to bring up what exactly is an appropriate punishment? What is good for, for people who are guilty? But why should people err on the side of innocence? Let me put it this way, and this is something I have... Uh, have have mentioned already a little bit or have alluded to anyway if one man kills another man um and he is not found guilty and he just walks the victim is still one person now is there a danger yes absolutely which is why i firmly believe that there can't you cannot separate certain issues for example self-defense this is a perfect example of why and this is something we'll touch on next week with our uh, with our gun episode that we have yet to have surprisingly because that's like one of the issues that that really brought me into politics this is one of the perfect examples of why your life is not in somebody else's hands if you put your life in somebody else's hands you could be sealing your own death warrant your life has to be in your hands the first responders are not the police it's not the EMS uh, it's not the it's not the fire uh, department. It's you, you and your family. You have to take control of your own life, because if a guilty man walks, and it is potentially a wildly hazardously guilty man, you are still in control of your own life. But if an innocent man is jailed, if somebody, if the law convicts the wrong person, if the justice system fails. And the, and, and the law is, is throwing somebody wrong into the slammer, then guess what? The guilty man is still free. The people who they have killed, if it's, if it's in the scenario that I just laid out to you, if one man is, is killed, now you have two victims, especially if, if that individual is put on death row. Now you have two victims. How is anything better in that situation? How is anything better now that because you are relentless about trying to get somebody off the streets, you got the wrong person off the streets. And that person who you try to get off the streets is still walking free. How does that make anything better? Now you have doubled the amount of victims in the entire situation. This is incredibly important to liberty, especially in today's criminal justice system. Because, as we know, as we obviously know, not every situation 
is not not every uh, not every crime on the books are crimes that uh, endanger your life, liberty, or property. Many crimes are uh, in quote endangerment to yourself. Many crimes are white collar crimes. Many crimes are really stupid because they have there is no business for the government to be criminalizing many of the things that are criminalized. So whether or not somebody is guilty or innocent of smoking marijuana or growing marijuana or selling marijuana, whether or not somebody's guilty or innocent of that, I would want to err on the side of innocence, especially in today's criminal justice system, because that is not endangering anybody's life, liberty, or property. In fact, the law on the books is more of an endangerment to somebody's life, liberty, or property than is um, keeping them off the streets, than is trying to keep them off the streets. Much more, much more of a dangerous situation. Now, that begs the question, what exactly should happen to individuals who are, in fact, a danger to society as a whole, who are, in fact, um, uh, endangering to life, liberty, or property? And that, that circles us back to uh, the the recent attack in New York City where uh, this, this crazy uh, terrorist lunatic takes a, a truck and runs it into people, which seems to be the, uh, the terrorist go-to killing machine when in places where guns aren't allowed. Shocker, it doesn't stop people from killing. Um, what exactly should be done to somebody like that? Should we throw them in Guantanamo Bay the way that... Uh, Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump have have suggested should we give somebody like that the death penalty? Well, that's a very good question. And to the death penalty, I'm not really sure if there's a very good answer. I want to say uh, yes, but the other part of me knows that one, there's a financial aspect of the death penalty that the death penalty is actually much more expensive. Um, than uh, than keeping people <laughs> keeping people alive, the the death penalty could be considered torture the way that we do it now because we keep them there for so long and whatever happens in prison uh, is could be considered torture in and of itself. The the criminal justice system, I I would say you could make a very strong case that. It could be considered torture because of the culture when you're when you're mixing hardened criminals with um, with with other people who aren't even who aren't even uh, aren't I wouldn't even consider them criminals, but they are criminals under the law. Now, of course, pot growers aren't going to be in the same room with the with the terrorists who who drove a truck into people in New York City. But there are several different aspects. Should we send him to Guantanamo Bay? Absolutely not. Because without question, I can say this. Human beings, no matter how atrocious, no matter how horrible, no matter what they do, no matter how horrible they are, they have rights. That doesn't change just because you were born somewhere else. That doesn't change because of what you do. Now, you can give up your own rights, but just because you give up certain rights doesn't mean you give up every right. And it is a very dangerous road to go down whenever you say, um, whenever uh, we start treating people the way that ISIS treats people. 
or whenever we start treating people the way the Soviet Union or the way that uh, that communist China or somewhere like that. We just did a whole uh, series on how brutal and how horrible communism can get and how horrible collectivism can get. We have to be able to say, yes, they have the right to a trial because even if there is a chance that they did not do it, then absolutely they should be walking free. Now, there's not a question in my mind that this guy did, did what he did. There's not a single question in my mind that this guy is guilty. If that's the case, it should be really quick and really simple to hash out justice to him and give him the appropriate punishment that needs to be done. That's a decision for the jury and the judge. That's not a decision for a bunch of Facebook lawyers. Now, as we close out, now this, this of course, um, this is one of those episodes where we kind of reflect on some of the things that are happening in the world because we don't always get to do that. Um, but I always want to circle it back to some greater uh, picture or some greater message uh, that aligns with the themes of this program. And this is what I want to circle this back to as we start to close out here. Um, the relationship between justice and liberty is a very fragile one because a lot of people have a very skewed image of really both, but especially justice. Liberty is pretty clean-cut and, uh, and forward, but especially justice. Because if you're not erring on the side of innocence, if you're not erring on the side of liberty, and you're just trying to make everyone behave, if you're just trying to uphold the rule of law, that's a very grave danger and a very dangerous road to go down. Because as we know, all throughout our um, history, as a world and as a country, the law has not always erred on the side of liberty. The law has not always erred on the side of justice. We don't have to look very far back in our own history to find great injustices occurring under the name of the rule of law. It's very dangerous to err on the side of justice without coupling justice with liberty. That is why innocence must be the default position. That is why the framers instilled that you must be innocent. And it is on the requirement, it is on the responsibility of the government, of the accuser, to find your guilt. It could be really easy to find it. It could be really difficult. But it's always better for somebody guilty to walk free than some innocent man to take their place. That's not liberty. And as long as our laws, as long as the laws on the books are so anti-freedom, as long as the laws of the books are laws that include locking people up for growing some plants that do not show that they have any hindrance on somebody's health, and even if they do, it's none of their business anyway. As long as we are locking people up for growing plants, there is no reason why we should be erring on the side of guilt before innocence. I feel like that's pretty common sense. I feel like that is something that a majority of us, liberals, libertarians, and conservatives can all agree on. That maybe, just maybe, People shouldn't go for prison for 25 years for growing some pot in their basement. While we still have laws in the books like that, 
innocence is more important than ever to err on the side of. All right, that is our show uh, for this week. Like I said, for next week, we are going to be going over... Next week's going to be a fun episode, I think, actually, because uh, we are going to be going over something that is very near and dear to me, something that I believe is very important, um, and something that we have not spent any time on, or very, very minimum amount of time on. We certainly haven't uh, devoted an entire episode to it. So next week we will be doing an episode on guns and the separating the myths and the realities. We'll be taking apart um, several of the most common and most idiotic claims that people make about guns, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So please tune in next week for that. After that, we'll be taking a break because it is going to be uh, Thanksgiving. And then the week after that, um, on forgot what month it was november <laughs> november 30th uh will we will have uh, matt wright as a guest on he's the other co-host of uh the muddy waters of freedom we had mohammed on in the past i think in march i believe um and his episode was a blast of course we're uh, really good friends with with them and with their with what they're doing um at the muddy waters of freedom uh, if you're going to be in Florida, I, I believe it's in Pensacola. I don't even know where I'm uh, – or no, it's in St. Petersburg. I don't even know where I'm going. I will be joining them for their one-year anniversary in Florida, and I'll be flying down for that weekend. Um, so if you're going to be there, please uh, check that out and uh, you know get in touch with them. And we'll, of course, be previewing all of that when Matt comes on the program. And then I don't want to go too far in, into the future because we can preview some other things later. But we do have a full um, a full uh, lineup of things uh, ready for you to close out the year as, as we dwindle down into uh, 2018. It's very exciting. We're getting very close to the end. And next year is going to blow you all away with some of the topics and the, and the guests and everything that, and I mean, we had Dave Rubin on last week, so how can you get much better than that? Well, we're going to try to, so <laughs> just stay tuned. Um, please continue to support this program. Please uh, continue to um, share it around with everybody. Help us grow this audience because uh, really you're, you're the ones who are doing this, not me. It's, I mean, I'm just talking into a microphone. You're the ones who are helping this grow. You're the ones who are, who are helping spreading the ideas of liberty and limited government and personal responsibility to your friends and family. So thank you for that. Um, if you can please subscribe to us on iTunes so that you'll never miss an episode or an update. Um, please go on Twitter and, and follow me at Caleb Brands, follow the show at Mill Liberty. You can get all of our, uh, show updates and hot takes there as I'm sure you would all love that because there's never, um, anything I miss there, of course, obviously, especially now that there's, we have 280 characters. That's just a bunch of fun. Not really. I hate it. Um, <laughs> and then of course, until next week, we'll see you.